brace yourself because you're about to dive into another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. And we just want to let you know that whether you're looking for a companion through your paranoid insomnia, entertaining yourself through one of life's mundane activities, or trying to ward off the internal screams of all those sad, smothered souls around the office, THC is here. And you should know that every episode of the Higher Side Chats has an entire second hour for Plus members. Sign up at thehiresidechats.com and you'll get years of Plus show archives, lifetime forum access, a special invite to Greg Carlwood's monthly joint sessions, MP3s of THC music, bonus episodes, tour videos, and 10% off t-shirts, grinders, and whatever else ends up in the Higher Side store. It's $8 a month that you won't miss, so become a Plus member and treat yourself in these troubled times. Always action-packed and commercial-free, which means you'll unfortunately never hear my voice again. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Rock me like a hurricane, Higher Side Chatters. From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Carlwood, and one of the biggest lessons we've learned is just how wrong the materialism paradigm is. The very paradigm that underscores what Western society deems to be valid science and what's to be discarded as silly fantasy. Yet in almost every slice of the pie of life, we find that the stuff they've left to the cutting room floor is not only real, but some of the most valuable parts. Consciousness is more than just an illusionary byproduct of the brain. Mental phenomenon, out-of-body experience, and remote viewing have been demonstrated more than enough to be accepted. Psychedelics do more than just alter brain chemistry. Tesla had it more right than Edison on electricity. Ether physics explains flying machines modern science says are impossible, yet people have been seen for years. Exotic energy sources that could change the world are waiting right outside the materialist box. And of course, the right incantation can summon spirits. Well, it seems like most cultures around the globe and throughout history have acknowledged at least some of these things, but inside the arrogance of the Western bubble, they act like there's nothing to it at all. And of all the branches on the high strangeness tree, one of the most intriguing is the rare blend of art and science known as alchemy and the strange material called Ormus. Lucky for us, today's guest, Christine Emmons, is well-versed in these topics, and she wrote the textbook on how to experience it firsthand for yourself, called Ormus Modern Day Alchemy, the Primer of Ormus Collection Processes, which has become the gold standard for Ormus seekers and the Ormus collecting community. And she's just the one to do it, too, as Chris was a conventional career pharmacist before stumbling down the alchemical Ormus rabbit hole, eventually being trained by the best of the best in Don Nance and Barry Carter. She also runs an online Ormus store and academy at EmmonsEssentialEssence.com, and it is a real treat to have her here. The reviver of lost arts and alchemical teacher extraordinaire, Chris, welcome to the higher side. Greg, you've done the best job of opening people's minds to this topic. (laughs) I try, I try. It's difficult, but man, this is really awesome. I really appreciate you reaching out to me after hearing that we're interested in alchemy around here. Probably one of the Phoenix Aurelius episodes, I would assume. 
But you shared your book with me, and you really just lay it all out there. The book really is a very straightforward expose on a multitude of collection processes, I think 13, and the best materials to extract it from, which is great because I've yet to see anything Ormus related that spells out the process so clearly and really gives people the tools to get involved themselves. So kudos to you on that. Excellent. And I have to say that the voices you don't hear are the colleagues that worked with me on the book. And we were asked to create a book so that the current Ormusid community and the future would have a solid reference. And so we worked very, very hard, Barry Carter, Don Nance, others who don't want to be named because this is such a fringe knowledge that honestly, they were happy to help and leave it at that. (laughs) So you all have the material available to you and it's there for posterity now and in the future. And we are just thrilled that it's there for you. Now, as time evolved and people who agreed with my outreach, which is to raise awareness of Ormus and how it can benefit people, animals, and plants, some of them, they understood the technology of the computer, which I do not. And that's why, Greg, it's so important that we're talking because you don't see me on YouTubes, because I've tried and I cannot make them work. (laughs) So thank you. Yes. So these colleagues came forth and said, look, you know, you have reached so many people and we want to help you. So we're going to help you create anything that you want on the web. And that is the only reason why you can go online, you can Google Ormus Academy, and you will have about 25, 28 learning units from the ground up. Hmm. I love it. So much of this show and this alternative realm is just about finally finding a resource that you've probably been seeking or racking your brain about for a long time. So it's a beautiful thing that people who are interested in this can now be plugged right in. And even still, you do say that this is a field in its infancy. There's so much more to learn. It's definitely largely off the radar for most people. And even though we've talked about it a bit before, let's give the people some history. Of course, there is probably an ancient component to that history, but most people tend to start the story with David Hudson, who really rediscovered and popularized this in modern times. Is that right? He popularized the energy that we associate with minerals, which we call M-state, which stands for metaphysical state or meta-state. And so he's the one that had his finger on the rediscovery that this energy does not act in the parameters of standard physics. And he did that in the 80s. He discovered the energy and the anomalous results, characteristics of the materials. Mm-hmm. And today, it wouldn't be so upper-browed like what? Because we understand there's something called quantum physics. And quantum physics do not follow the standard physics model. 
So we've been imprinted with the knowledge that something exists, a something, NX, exists beyond our three dimensions, and you could say four dimensions if you include time. Mm-hmm. And so how did David discover this? It was just in his field? Is that the story? He was a multi-generate, he is a multi-generational agriculturist with huge tracts of land out in Arizona. The land in Arizona, it doesn't have a lot of humus. It's mainly dirt, like rocks, little, little rocks. Mm -hmm. So they don't hold water. And so in order to amend his dirt, he needed to break down these rocks. And so he applied very strong chemicals to the rocks, acres and acres, And his initial discovery was that something was forming on top of these rocks. And he wanted to know what that was. It was unexpected. So that's where he followed down the trail. And he had a lot of money to do that, which we don't have. Hmm. And he discovered that these materials carried these characteristics of superfluidity Johansson tunneling and a superconductivity. And so it was in the 90s when Barry Carter was first experiencing some anomalous behavior with materials that his friends who were aware of mining, which is completely understood because Barry lived in Baker, Oregon, and the history of that area is mining. And I've talked to Barry about this. He was able to look over his friend's shoulder as an unknowledgeable individual seeing things that were happening with the chemicals and the materials that they were working on that shouldn't happen. And so about the same time, he heard about David Hudson and went to his lectures. And from there evolved what we call the Ormus community, which follows the parameters that Ormus contains two important aspects. The first is the micro minerals in it, trace minerals in an ion form. It has a charge. Once it's broken up, it's very loosely held together in the material we call Ormus. And once that is broken in the body, stomach, and the intestines, then the charged mineral can go right through the body and do all the things that are just known about minerals. It also has the other element, which is an energetic element that we call the M state that I mentioned before, that is what buffs up the benefits of the minerals. So marrying those two together, we have called it Ormus. It's like apple, okay? You just have to be shown an apple to know what an apple is. Mm -hmm. So using synonyms for Ormus, I'm going to direct everybody's mind to the words pico minerals, meaning they're really little. They're not in a stone. They're not in a pebble. They're not in a granule. They're not in a compressed tablet of granules. They're not in a capsule filled with loose granules. They are pico, so your body can absorb them. 
Another synonym, original restorative minerals. Well, we break that down. Original is nothing more than they are basic. They come from the beginning. Restorative is that it restores biological entities, plant, animal, people. It does that because we need trace minerals in our body to run our body. So it's restorative and they are minerals, hence original restorative minerals. And then, and this is even the biggest thing for the audience and for me when I was learning, it's what drove me forward. Synonym, open source restoration minerals. Open source means that if you do not wish to, you do not have to go to the store and buy it. You can collect it yourself. And for there, I will direct you to Ormus Academy and the article entitled Collect Ormus Yourself for learning how to learn the ways to do it yourself. <laughs> now, when the Ormus minerals come from seawater or sea salt, natural sea salt that we've dissolved in distilled water to make seawater, and from that we collect the mineral ions loosely bind them to our binding material, and then they form and fall, at that point, you can call Ormus sea solids. So what is Ormus? It's essential mineral nutrients. Mm. They're extracted from mineral-rich sources because minerals are everywhere, but it doesn't mean the source that you're grabbing to collect the Ormus from is so pregnant with the minerals that a whole bunch drops down and makes it worth your effort. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And in the book, you write that to grasp more fully what M state might represent, we need to think from the viewpoint of our universe. And I like that, but explain that a bit for the people. What is there to say about the underlying philosophy that helps to demystify what this stuff really is? Oh, that's really neat. That gets into this energy that we call M-state. And M-state, if you backtrack it from the very beginning, there's something in the universe that we could call source or God. And source created the archetype of everything that has ever been in the material or ever will be in the material is contained in sources archetypes. So as we come out through the universe, the archetypes have been imprinted or downloaded, whatever word we can grasp in our mind, onto mineral elements. So the mineral elements are coming into our world and they're in the world and they've been pre-downloaded with the information from source. And they come in from, we'll say the above, the unseen, into the below, which is the seen, where we see actually now the minerals have created in their own unique archetypal manner 
the shapes that were imprinted in them, and we can call them the platonic shapes, the circle and the cube, and the tetrahedron, into form everything that we see in this world in the physical. Hmm. Right on. I, I love it. It's very intriguing. And it seems odd that something so fundamental and extractable with fairly simple processes could be kept out of the scientific paradigm. What do you say when you're confronted with someone who is just convinced that there must be nothing to this because otherwise it would be out there? We would know about it. Western science would acknowledge it. What do you say when confronted with those kind of issues? The fact that's a many facets. So you're focused on the fact that we're not being told with a capital T. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Well, if we were told, then they would have to go back to our soils, which have been overworked. Mm -hmm. And we all know that. In the past, most recent past, you know, I'm taking about prior to 1940 and past, the agricultural land was allowed to lie fallow every three years, do nothing, but they did let the cows and the horses walk on it. So as the vegetation decomposed and went back into the soil, those elements were added also. You go back to the Bible, and I am looking at a quote from Leviticus 25.3, and the Bible says, Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. So the soil was allowed to remineralize. In modern practice, it's gone even less than three years. They come and they say, we're letting the land rest seasonally, not even annually. So a farmer might engage in harvesting one crop in the late spring and then letting it rest during the summer and then followed another crop in the fall. I live in an agricultural area. I moved there in 17 and I see not only that, but this, I see after they have removed all of the vegetation from the previous harvest and the ground is left smooth and bare and there's nothing living on it to remineralize. So this is the basis for y'all to get it. And so if they address it to you, then you're going to have to go back. You won't be allowed to be asleep in the matrix. <laughs> You'll be forced to think, okay? And this was, they tried, there has been. In 1936, Senator Mr. Duncan Fletcher addressed back then that the agricultural soil was lacking. He presented to Congress in that year, you can look it up, Senate Document 264, and it addressed the depletion of minerals in the soil. Nothing was done about his addressing, but he did ask that this be placed in the permanent congressional record so that it would always be there to be seen. Now, here's what he wrote, because this is important, and I don't want it to be just hearsay, okay? Quote, 
Do you know that most of us today are suffering from certain dangerous diet deficiencies which cannot be remedied until the depleted soils from which our foods come are brought into proper mineral balance? The alarming fact is that foods, fruits and vegetables and grains, now being raised on millions of acres of land that no longer contains enough of certain needed minerals are starving us, no matter how much of them we eat. This talk about minerals is novel and quite startling. In fact, a realization of the importance of minerals in food is so new that the textbooks on nutritional dietetics contain very little about it. Nevertheless, it is something that concerns all of us and the further we delve into it, the more startling it becomes, end quote. Mm. So, we, <laughs> 1936, and because the farmers did what they did with the rotation being diminished, the soils weren't getting enough nutrients. So what they came up with, what scientists came up with is artificial fertilizers or synthetic fertilizers, and that would be your nitrogen, potassium, and phosphate. So instead of the plant getting its trace minerals, the nitrogen forced the plant to make leaves, and the potassium forced the roots to get a little bigger, and the phosphorus forced the flowers that create the fruit to form. There was such a backlash in the 40s when this was brought out to the farmers. They were so angry at having to use this that they called it foo-foo dust, hmm. which is what it is. It produces a product that looks like what we would recognize as food from the plant, hmm. but it's devoid of your trace minerals. So you're really lucky to hear about this. I'm really happy to be here to have an opportunity <laughs> to get you excited about why it's important for you. Yes. Yes, I'm excited as well. And the system we have today, it doesn't even acknowledge the human soul or spirit. So the spirit or soul of minerals is definitely off the radar. And of course, so there is this bit of suppression, but also Ormus or the M state of minerals is sort of difficult to even detect with modern equipment, right? Because it's kind of ethereal. Yes, because it has energies that are too small for us to see or measure. It's not seeable. It doesn't follow our standard physics. So it's outside of this realm, but interacting with this realm. And how we can show that it exists in the Ormus community are things that we see during our collections. And so you can see something and then you can really see it where you see it three, four levels down. Mm -hmm. And it shows you that there's something there that shouldn't be we're seeing the characteristics of it that shouldn't be in our standard physics. And the things that we've seen, I'll share a couple. Yes. Is when you're doing the 
precipitation of the mineral ions to form their loosely bonds, which makes them available to form and fall. Sometimes, a lot of times, you will see that the precipitate, you give it time to settle. And what you'll see is the precipitate will rise into two distinct layers or more. It won't just stay on the bottom. Sometimes when you're doing the precipitate, this has also occurred to me, it was such that I had to call my mentors because I was visually freaking out. (laughs) I was doing my precipitate from the seawater made from the hydrated sea salt, natural sea salt. And as the precipitate was forming, it forms like a white flake. It was twinkling and it was sparkling. I took a picture of it. It's in the Ormus Academy in that whole article, Learning Unit, is in part three, Ormus Material and Chemical Behavior, Search for M-State. Now, they explained to me that photons of light may be being released as the M state leaves the above, the firmament, and creates the below, what we see in the physical world. They actually called it somatids, somatids. And they equated it to what happens in humans, something that we can now see. They can't explain it, but we can see. They have observed that a flash of light happens when a sperm fertilizes the egg. Hmm. So energetically, something is occurring when the above energy is coming into the below. So Hmm. see how I talked about you can see it. I see twinkling. And then you can go deeper down, either with study or intuitive thinking, dwelling on, or your mentor can explain it to you. It's always good to have a mentor. And that's why I have the Facebook page, Ormus, a page for beginners. It's where you can ask questions, and I and others will jump in to answer your questions. Because the whole point is you need to move forward if the topic interests you. And that's part of what my goal is, is to interest you, to get you on the train, and then to develop the tracks for that train to get you to good place for your own life walk. And hence the book, the Facebook page. I have a newsletter to subscribe to, Chris Emmons Ormus News Newsletter. You can subscribe at the website. I put together do-it-yourself Ormus collection kits. Yes. It's not that hard. But I know myself many times, I don't want to wade through things so I could appreciate it when I was told by my, you want to call them colleagues in the Ormus community, that I'm doing people a disservice to teach them to these levels of degrees, get them excited Show them how to collect it and say, now you're on your own until you collect it yourself. So I said, yeah, you got a point there. I will put together a do-it-yourself kit with everything that's needed attached to a four-part video that shows me doing the process. And that's at my YouTube channel called Facex, F-A-C-E-I-C-S. 
the idea is to move that train forward for you. Now, not everybody wants to do that. They want to know about it. They're excited to know about it. They agree with the concept, but they just want to buy it pre-made. I never offered these things until I think it was 2016 when my colleague said, you know, Chris, you think you're helping people and you are, but you're really leaving a flat side. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to agree with that because I was all about, I'm a philosopher. I'm a teacher. How could I negate what they said? I dwelled on it and I came back to them and I said, I don't like it. You're right. And I will. So <laughs> I put together all my knowledges. And I have created what is called Discovery in Action Ormus buried in the ground. Because during my studies, I learned that in the past, they knew things that you bury in the ground are exposed to the energies from the earth coming up in rhythmic cycles. And they become different, they become energized. And so, I said, I want the best if I'm going to share with people to maintain their excitement, I'm doing that. And then I reported that I was doing that. I was getting responses. I got a response from a friend of Ralph's who lives in the home state of Michigan, who works with tools. And his response was, Ralph, I want you to know that it is known that if we sharpen our tool and we bury it in the ground, he didn't say for how long. He said, and we take it out, and I'm sure it's in a container. He said that the tool will maintain its sharpness longer. Hmm. Is that wow. cool? So yeah. discovery is kept in the ground for one lunar month, at least 28 days, usually a 30. And in that time, it, I mean, I live in the country and I'm exposed in the morning to the sounds of birds and at the night, the cicades and, uh, and the rain and the wind. And I'm going, wow, I am so excited just for me that I got to learn this. And mm -hmm. that's why you want to talk with other knowledgeable people who are really working, working their life walk and their life walk happens to be a topic you're interested in. Yes, very well said. And that is something I like about your store. I interview a lot of people who maybe make esoteric tinctures and stuff like this, and they are always selling products. And you're the first store I've seen where you're selling the kit with the materials separated and then giving instructions on how to combine them and trying to make it as easy as possible for people to actually see the process. And that's what I love about this, because when things are somewhat mysterious, sometimes they remain vague. And the reality is, if there's truth to this, it can, it can, be, you can be bold with it. You can just tell people about it straight up and let it speak for itself. And of course, the question everyone wants to know is like, what can Ormus do for me? People use it topically, they ingest it. What sort of effects does it have when they do this? So we have to just, in a moment, be reminding that these minerals in this form is what I'm excited about because they're easily absorbed, because they break easily apart into ions. And so they easily get into the body 
bioavailable, assimilated into the cells. So now, once they're in the cells, now this is a big topic. Everybody just, you know, windshield wash their mind, okay? Because it's not difficult. And I so appreciate this time that you're giving me because the reason you can't share about Ormus in real time with people is you only get elevator moments with people. Mm. And then their mind clicks down. And if you want to understand Ormus, it needs a little longer than that. Mm -hmm. So you've got the minerals in the body. And you've got the end state of the minerals in the body, which boosts their benefit. Now they're in the body and they're running. You know what people don't realize in a book that I want to refer to you to? I'm holding it right now. Minerals for the Genetic Code by Charles Walters. What we've learned is that your DNA requires, at this point they know, 64 trace minerals to form your DNA. Your DNA is integral to everything that happens in your body, from the length of your hair to the texture of your skin. And it is responsible for all the replications that go on in the body. And so you need to have integritous DNA so that they'll replicate cells with integrity. Because we've heard that every seven years you have a new body because the old cells have a life cycle. Every day it's estimated that your body is producing 20 million new cells. So if we need trace minerals in our DNA, and we've already been there that we're bereft in them, then by building up our DNA, every process in the body is going to work better. The brain, your physical body, your mental body, and your emotional body, which are the four aspects that make up you. So the fact that it does this to DNA is the first track that I asked you to wipe the wiper blade on your brain. The second track is our glands. People don't really think much about glands, but the glands are what run the body because of the hormones that they produce. And there's a plethora of hormones and there's a plethora of glands. Looking at glands, I can refer you to a chart that I bought. It's rather large. It's a wall chart. It's called the Endocrine Gland Wall Chart by N.W. Walker. And it shows all the glands and how they interplay via their hormones uh, with other glands. In order for the glands to work, they need trace minerals. So we don't usually, let's just throw them out there. Uh, the pineal, the pituitary, the thyroid, the thymus, the adrenals, the pancreas, the gonads, which would be your ovaries and testes. Just small amounts of hormones are released. They travel throughout the body, through the blood, and then they work on sites throughout the whole body that all involve within our metabolism, our immune response, every single function, our brain activity. 
they found that the hypothalamus is directly related to the activity of our brain being conscious and awake versus being so tired, even if you want to watch something or talk to somebody, you don't have it in you. And that's just one of the glands. So the glands are needing these trace materials in order to make hormones, and the hormones run our body. For example, let's throw them out a couple because it'll help people. I know that they'll say, I've heard some of those. Oh, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> the thyroid hormone, which is so important, is called the master gland. I mean, it's the one that affects every cell and every organ in the body. It controls the rate that dying cells are replaced, which means it is integral to our metabolism of maintaining ourselves. It can raise and lower your body temperature. And then other hormones, insulin for sugar, it signals the liver and the muscle and the fat cells to take in the glucose. And if there's too much glucose in the system, then it signals it to be stored as something called glycogen. Now, this hormone is really important because we use it every day and we don't think about it. It's called glucagon. And it controls your blood sugar when your sugars drop too low. So it's the one that's telling the glycogen to come out of storage and get back in there. And how many people miss breakfast or miss lunch? And where do you think you're getting the primary energy to run things? Is through glucagon telling the glycogen, hey, release some of that stored glucose. We've been eating it here. <laughs> then there's estrogen, oxytocin antidiuretic hormone, thyroid stimulating hormone, calcitonin, parathyroid hormone, progesterone, prolactin, testosterone, serotonin, cortisol, adrenaline, growth hormone, somatotropin, the thymus hormone, etc. And I say that just not so you hear a barrage but remember, each one of these hormones came from glands or glands, and they required trace minerals to operate functionally. Hmm. So while you are still alive, you are not being the vibrancy that you could be if you had an adequate amount of trace minerals. And that's the important key. When I mentioned that effect in the brain of that consciousness versus unconsciousness, mm -hmm. the brain is so important because that's where you create your reality. And if your brain is not functioning well, then your whole reality is going to diminish because you can see no way to even what you may want to create, let alone creating it. Yes, this is one of the aspects I found most interesting because some of the things you describe when you started taking it are a little in the gray area, like feeling more content all the time, knowing that it's all okay. It's easier to stay in the moment. These are the things that people meditate for. That's what they are trying to cultivate is these types of qualities. And I copied this down where you say, now, while the presence of Ormus can strengthen the vibrancy of the physical body, resulting in better health, its presence may also strengthen the physical mind and allow it to expand towards its full potential. In this way, the mind can grow and become what it is meant to become. I believe this proposition has far-reaching ramifications 
For when a mind is well fed, it grows, and the thoughts created may not be the same. The strength of a well-fed mind may allow for new and different thoughts, including a new way of looking at events occurring in one's life. And that's just a, a big wow, because you know people maybe don't think about the importance of how everything does start in the mind, and we want to apparently be more connected to our subconscious mind, that's uh, our intuition, and if you really dial in the strength of your intuition, your whole life can fork in a different direction. And people talk about finding their true path and having a hard time with that. Maybe just shoring up the inside of your body with this Ormus material can help you stay connected to the unseen parts of ourselves. Wow. See, you have hit on the mental aspect of ourself, which Ormus feeds both through the bioavailable trace minerals and the M state. There are three other parts to each of us, and that is the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional aspects of ourselves in addition to the mental. And this whole concept of what you've said, how the mental is affected, is addressed for all four aspects in two learning modules of the academy. The first is called Benefits of Ormus, and the second learning module, which is very long, is called Part One, Ormus, Its History and Its Effect. So in the mental, as you mentioned, you get people have reported, and it makes sense because of the minerals and the mind interacting with the hormones and the hormones coming from glands and the glands need trace minerals is that the left and the right hemispheres of the brain work better together. And so there's better cognitive function. And there's reports all over the place. I read one myself that I was referring to for myself, how having greater cognitive function, and this is just traditional reports, not about Ormus, helped people to have better memory and to be able to be more in control of their life versus having to go in a nursing home. And when you have a better mind, you get clarity of your thought, and it's clarity of thought that can allow you to move forward. I'll give you a personal, non-Ormus, but Ormus. I had a big, big surprise in my life, and it caused me to have to move unexpected, unwanted, had to move. I'm looking at things from my glass half full, but it is still being very hard to make this all happen, the new move 13 hours away. And it was at the point where if I had to write a check, I would put it off because I didn't see the check in my mind. I could only focus on the 50 steps it was going to take me to make that check. Okay? My mind was so clouded through the efforts I was doing to recreate myself. And so therein is a personal example of the extreme of what a lack of mental clarity will do for moving your life forward, i.e. not. Ormus also affects your physical body because your physical body is made up of many things, including trace minerals. If they were to take a physical body and burn it all down, including the carbon out, it's been determined that four pounds 
of your body are minerals and a thimble full is trace minerals. So our body is utilizing this mainly as your DNA, because that DNA has got 64 trace minerals in it. And the DNA is what's making all the cells in your body. And it needs to replicate them properly each time or else the cell is lacking in something. Okay. And then that would be, you know, going on and on replicated. And so it affects your physical. And the big one is health. Your immune system will become stronger. So when people say Ormus will better their health, it's not that Ormus is doing the work. It's the Ormus minerals and the M state that are allowing your body to have more vitality, be more functional, and be better able to fight off the disease state. Mm, yes, that's such an important point because I've talked to a lot of people who have this suppressed cancer cure or SEACT and there'll be a laundry list of things that it quote unquote cures and people will say, well, how can it cure so many different random autoimmune diseases? And it's like, well, you're not thinking about it the right way. It's just putting you in a state of health to where these things aren't problems for you. And we're so depleted in these things. People are getting all kinds of weird conditions. And of course, the system doesn't mind if we stay sick. It would rather sell us random uh, petrochemical pills. But what we're just talking about is simply putting into our body the highest form of these fundamental life fuels, these trace minerals. And it's really impressive. And time is really going by here. While we're still in this first hour, I wanted to at least try to relay to people one of the collection methods because I was quite surprised how simple it is. Probably the live oil process is the best place for people to start. Can you break that down a little bit for us? Yes, and I'm glad that we have spent really time to develop that M state. Because when you are doing the live oil process, you're dealing with the energy that's within the minerals. The live oil process is the simplest. You'll take a glass container and not plastic and you'll fill it half with the natural sea salt of your choice. No colors, no fragrances. And the other half with whatever oil you choose, whatever is your favorite. We like grapeseed oil because from David Hudson's time, we've been told that the grape seed is a holder of a lot of Ormus. And so grapeseed oil has always meant a lot to us. Grapeseed oil can be taken internally. And as I recall, I think it can be used topically too. I use sesame seed oil, which I know you can take internally, but I like it because I use it on my massages. I like the feel of sesame seed oil, but any oil. And you shake it in the container and you use a plastic top, not metal. And you, if you do have a metal, you would just take a piece of saran wrap and double it and then put it on the top and then put your metal container. So shake, shake, shake. People who are very enrolled in metaphysical aspects will shake it the number of times that a Fibonacci series number would be, one, three, five, they'll shake it 21 times, let it sit, shake it 21 times. 
you're getting those salt granules to be in contact with as much oils as possible rather than just sitting there. And then you let it set. Now, folks will say it's ready to use right away. And surely, you know, if you throw, uh, this is about like being like. Oil, the Ormus form of oil, we feel is the M state form in sea salt is an oil form. And the M state form in the water molecule is an oil form. So just like oil will dissolve in oil, has an attraction for oil, likes, like, likes. That M state oil in the salt will diffuse into the oil. And so at the end of the time period, which can be as long as you wish, you know, the same day and others who believe in three days or waiting 21 days, shaking it occasionally. Now you have put more of the M state energies from the sea salt into the oil. And you would use your oil. <laughs> Don't use it in cooking. Okay. No heat. You'd use it as a finishing oil in food or you would put it on your body. Mm -hmm. And this is not necessarily to ingest. I guess you could ingest it, but it just probably has a funky taste. Oh, no. A finishing oil is ingestible, Greg. A finishing oil would be an oil that you would drizzle on your salad. Gotcha. Or if you made yourself a hamburger and put it on the plate without the bun, and you could drizzle some oil on that to make it more juicy instead of, let's say, gravy. Mm-hmm. Or vegetables. Vegetables. You could drizzle it on vegetables. Makes sense. Yeah. So it is a really simple process to, to get this high concentration. How long would you say before people tend to notice that they've ingested something their body's probably been depleted of? Is it, you know, one use? Should you do this every day for a week and then you start to notice? I'm sure there's all kinds of reports, but what, what do people generally say? I'm going to get into that. I need to tell you, everybody who's watching this, because this is meant to be full understanding. Although it's layered, like the live oil process works great. Caveat, you have to be sure in your mind that your sea salt that you're using contains ormus. Because in order for the seawater to become sea salt, it goes through manufacturing. And in these later days, because of government regulations, it goes through more manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So some sea salts, they don't have ormus. So in the most optimal of understandings, you would take the sea salt that you bought and you would do the process of dissolving it in some distilled water in the proper ratio and then doing what's called the wet process because it's done on wet material, which is seawater, and just being sure that you get a precipitate. Because if you don't get a precipitate, if there is any ormus left in that sea salt, it's way, way deep in the crystal if it's still there. And so you're spinning your wheels. Mm. Now, that's the sad fact. And most people won't tell you that. They'll say, just you, you know, do the salt, do the oil, and you're good to go. But Chris Emmons, you're no good to yourself if you don't understand. And 
the people who just want an elevator speech will be happy with the first thing. And I don't represent that. Mm -hmm. I represent what was best said in a book called the Altus Mutus Lever from 1677. And it was in France that it was published. It's one of the major books on alchemy. And it says about alchemy, pray, read, 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 read again, labor, and discover. And in its native language, it would be ora, lege, 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 relege, labora et invenis. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be what leads you. You know, I don't want the surface. I want to understand as far as we're able to understand. Yes. So I'm sharing with you about that second piece. Yes, it's definitely a deep study and uh, a calling of sorts. So I appreciate you telling us about it. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm called. Yes, because it made such a difference in me back when I heard in 2004 that I immediately, that same year, I opened my house to what I called Ormus group gatherings, called them OGS. And I just let the word out and people would come. We had as many as 21 people and I would talk about Ormus and part of it was here, we're going to do the process and on and on and on because probably as a pharmacist, I'm into healing. I want things to be better for people. And that just never stopped. Those group gatherings, they never stopped. And I moved to a real rural place in the deep south where I've been told by another who saw me wear my crystal necklace, she would love to wear her stones, but it's frowned upon here. So I guess it's no surprise that I have let it be known that I'm available. I want every Sunday at one o'clock, anybody who wants to come, we will talk Ormus and nobody, nobody, nobody. <laughs> So I got the Academy. I got the Facebook page. I got the newsletter. I got the book. I'm here to be contacted. I'm doing everything I can and I will continue if even for the one. I've already determined though, Greg, and everybody should know this because I'm stating it for myself too. I'm going to stop the activity of actively in 2024 hmm. because I will have done this for 20 years and I need to step back first of all so I can develop other areas of my life and second of all to leave real openings for others to come forward and continue as they are in their youth or middle years hmm. well I really appreciate that philosophy and I'm sure there will be a response and I wanted to ask you a little bit more about some of these qualities. You mentioned in the beginning super fluidity, super conductivity, but also another one of these is magnetic levitation, and that's provocative. These materials will levitate in the presence of magnetic fields. Is that right? They have been seen to do that. When we are talking about doing collections, that levitation that I mentioned, that we can see it stratify sometimes. One of the reasons they say this could be happening is that the material is responding to the magnetics of the earth because the earth releases magnetics. Mm -hmm. And so that subtle response is to move away from it. 
We've also seen along the lines that could be attributed to magnetics is that when you've done the collection and you've let it form on the bottom, fall and form, with time you can see the material, at times you can see the material creeping up the sides of the container. And we can attribute this, we have attributed this in our opinions, to superfluidity, which is another behavior of a superconductor, which is a liquid that flows without viscosity in its inner friction area. So with superfluidity, the ormus is able to stack up onto itself using the side of the container as a brace. Wow. And the creeping upward could also be a sign of this magnetic levitation combined with superfluidity, where it's doing its best to get away. <laughs> Almost like it's alive. And this takes time, okay? In another case, Barry Carter, the flag bearer of the Ormus community from the mid-90s, and I think he passed in 2018, he placed a container of the Ormus collected from the wet method underneath his kitchen table and forgot about it. Now, he's a single guy, so there's a lot of things in his house he forgot about, like even eating at the kitchen table. It became a repository of all of his books and papers, and you know, so he forgot about what was below for years. And what he found when he remembered or saw it is that the Ormus had actually stacked away on the side that was farthest away from his electric stove, mm. which again, electricity is when it's on, provides a lot of electromagnetism. So it moved away from it. Wow. And as we're bringing it all home, tell the people a little bit more about your website and your store. You've got the learning kits, you've got topicals, you've got fermented foods and jams. What should they know about what they'll find there? Gosh. I'm saying gosh because... It's hard to do promotional stuff after that deep insight. Yeah, and yet I really want to talk about one more thing if you have time. If not, okay. Sure, sure. We are not limited on time. I just didn't want to take up too much of yours. You know, everybody who's listening, you can always put this on pause or bookmark it and come back. Okay. I want to talk to you about something that I think that you're going to find interesting, and that is the chakra energy centers of the body and their response to Ormus. Okay. And you can further delve into this at Ormus Academy <laughs> and look for the learning module, Thermographic Comparison of a Human Body Before and After Ormus. And in their academy, you'll also find the same title where we did it with a bird, too. Okay, I had a bird that loved the Ormus. Hmm. So what I had, my friend Lazaro, and he's still my friend, and his wife, Ada, his job entailed him having a thermographic imager, which takes pictures in grayscale or in color of an object or an area and shows you what's happening with the lack of coolness or heat, okay? So because he had that and 
we'd got together a lot, he and his wife and I. I feel it was almost every week, maybe every other week, spent all day. Sometimes he'd come at noon and they wouldn't leave till three in the morning. That's how much fun we had. He'd bring his six foot tall copper pyramid. If anybody got tired, we went in the pyramid with a pillow, rived up, came out. We cooked together. Then we cleaned the dishes together. We sat on the back porch. I mean, these are the kind of friends you're going to find in the Ormus community. And so he said, let's do, you want to do something? We would do experiments. So we took me and I set off Armus and then he came over with Ada and he took a picture of my body, top, middle, bottom, and a thermographic imager before Ormus and after Ormus. And in each case, you're going to be amazed at the images, how they popped, how they popped. And why though? Okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay. That's the top of the onion. So let's go a little bit lower in the onion. The lower in the onion is that in Sanskrit, the word chakra means wheel. And if you think I'm talking down to you because you already know that, I got to worry about the people who don't know anything. Like I didn't know anything in 2004. So it's nothing personal. These are energy centers that spin. They're vortexes of energy and they're called prana. Now, the neat thing is that each of these major chakras and they spin and they are interconnected to a gland via nerves. So their energy is feeding the glands. And these glands, as we've talked before, they're the ones that are doing all the communications and all the activities in the body's functions. The things like reproduction, immunity, metabolism, behavior. Behavior is part of that being a conscious or not that that gland reaches out to. So what we experienced was happening in each of what turned out to be, because we looked at, these are chakra areas. So starting from the bottom, a lot of people like to start from the top where the big active one is for our consciousness. Mm -hmm. But at the root, which is also called the base, down there in between your legs, that chakra is tied to your gonads or your ovaries. And that's the Western philosophy. Now let's look at the Eastern philosophy. In the Eastern philosophy, the root chakra is connected to these large energies that cause you to wish to create, creative endeavors that you would find enjoyable. Like I'm looking at my flowers on the windows, artificial, not so they be, but I arrange them. Or my writing, that's all creating, everything to do with creating. Somebody might do woodworking, somebody might do landscaping around their house, just right around their house, just a little ribbon, I'm going to put some petunias. That's all part of being connected to this 3D living. Because there are people who live, but they're not connected to being alive. Maybe they just would rather not be here. And so this connection to 3D living in this dimension and creating comes from the root. And you'll see that the root expanded. 
Then above that, you have the sacral, sometimes called the navel chakra, and that's tied to the pancreas. Now, we already know the pancreas in the Western is tied to glucose, okay, and insulin and sugars maintenance. But in the Eastern, having a good sacral or navel energy opening vortex is responsible for expressing emotions, getting in touch with how you feel, getting in touch with how you feel, just feeling including, because it's so close to the root, your sexual feelings, what interests you there. Above that is the solar plexus that's just below the ribs back there. And the solar plexus in the Western culture is tied to the adrenals. And in the Eastern culture, the uh, that solar plexus area is associated with well, are we surprised? The adrenals all are, all, you know, get them fired up and you can fight or flight. I mean, you're like, I'm ready for whatever. So in the Eastern, the sacral navel is what allows you to express your emotions with confidence, with self-confidence. Like, you know, I'm going to go look for this job and I hope I get it versus I am ready to go look for this job, and there's nobody that I feel is better than me. See, there's a self-confidence factor that actually helps to create your world because you have the self-confidence to do it. Right. And the next chakra is the heart. And in the Western philosophies, the heart is connected to the thymus. And, you know, we talk about love. And in the Eastern philosophies, they talk about love. But everything about life is love. Healing is a form of love. Because how many times have people, I've got relatives who have had cancer, and part of their treatment was to actually love their body. Love their body and appreciate what it's doing for them. Because that's part of the body responding. Hmm. And the heart being open or not being open will affect a person's ability to wish to give whatever, a compliment, a gift, bring a cake to an outing because they want to, not just an outing, but a friend's house, or their ability to receive. Oh, no, no, really, you shouldn't have. Uh, please, you're embarrassing me. Please, I don't want that necklace. I no, you're, Well, no, that's part of love, too. Back and forth. Oh, this is gorgeous. Thank you so much. Above that is your throat, your throat chakra. Your throat is tied to your thyroid. And in the Eastern, having an open throat chakra allows you anything to do with speaking. It allows you to speak. It allows you to listen, waiting your turn to speak or not to listen, ability to have, wish to speak, or not, depending on the energy. I mean, there have been times, you know, I used to speak a lot. It's really amazing. Maybe it's, but nowadays, I would much rather listen. It's a lot less work. (laughs) Amen. And the third eye is in your forehead in the middle. 
In the Western philosophies, that's tied to your pituitary. And in the Eastern philosophies, this is tied to your mental consciousness. So the more mental consciousness you have, the more awake and aware you are. And therefore, you can get more intuitions, which in Ormus we call wisdoms that just come out of nowhere. You just know. It's a sense of knowing. And then we get to the crown, which in the Western philosophies is tied to your pineal gland. And in the Eastern philosophies, this is the area that universal energy comes into the body. So it's related to pure consciousness, which is sometimes related to what we call the ultimate truth. It's amazing when you realize the ultimate truth. What is the ultimate truth? That we are part of everybody and everything. Mm. That's the ultimate truth. That's enlightenment. That changes your world. And that's coming in from the crown. Now, whether or not you're able to receive it, and that's why I say if you take the trace minerals and you get a better acting brain, then in my opinion, after doing all my own pray, pray, read, 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 I believe that you have the brain that a human is supposed to have. Mm. And I believe that a human's brain is supposed to be working well, left and right, fully nutrient-filled, and able to easily connect to this universal energy. And in this matrix, they have you, they really try to have you believe this is all you got, okay? So you better go for the gusto because afterwards it's done. And that is so not true. We're going to go someplace else. We're going to go home. And the universal truth right now is that I'm here. And some would say that part of me is here, but the rest of me is back home and that I'm an avatar. That's what they're saying now is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm connected to all. And I like that because human beings are we're really social animals. Okay. We might be able to only handle amount of socialness, but the point being is we cannot stand being deprived from socialness. And so you bathe in it. I'm part of the, oh, that kitten that was born. Oh my gosh, I'm part of that too, in some manner, that we're sharing this experience on this plane. So it was very, very interesting that I believe it was 10 minutes after Ormus. The article would be more clear on that. Each one of the heat signature coming from those chakra points just expanded. And when I had gone and I had that aura work done and they looked at my picture and I'm nobody, right? I pay my $25. I get my shot. And the lady who's doing the work has been doing it for 15 years at that time. She did not work for the company, the health shop, but they just split whatever she brought in. So she tells me what it means. Now I take my picture to go pay my 25 bucks. Now the lady behind the counter, I'm just walking $25 to her. She happens to be the owner. And she just looked at my picture of my aura and she looked at me and she said, do you meditate? I'm sorry. I wish I did. And I don't. I would like to. And I don't. I have a missing willpower. And I acknowledge that. (laughs) And 
with that being said, I said no. And she said, this is the image of, or image of somebody who meditates. So you guys can take that in your brain and bounce that back and forth. Yes. Wow. I'm glad we saved room for that. I agree. We are in a sad state compared to what we're meant to be. And so much of the Ormus effects do seem synonymous with people who cultivate over a long period of time a deep meditation discipline. So I'm not surprised that that lady felt that way. But that's really interesting. And I'm just so lucky to have had you here to drop all this knowledge on people. As we are wrapping it up, do you want to say a little more about what they'll find on the website, if not the store, the education materials? Yeah. Okay. So listen, <laughs> I will share. I'm really doing my best, Greg. I mean, thank you for, I mean, usually, thank you. And the only reason I contacted you is that one of the webmaster friend said, Chris, you know, you got to get out there and talk. And I said, no, I don't want to. I feel so responsible for everything that I say, because I might say something that turns somebody off or, you know, I might forget to say something and I'm responsible and I can't, I just don't want to do it. And he said, Chris, there are so many people talking stuff that isn't right. He said, if you don't make a presence, you know, I think that in a way that you've let down people. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider sending out a little hello, I'm here email to just do three a week. And I'm like, no. And he said, Chris, just think about it. And I said, well, I'll think about it because I told you I'll think about it. I'll think about it, but I'm not doing it. And so then something happened with you and a podcast and your topic. And I thought, okay. Okay, I don't want to do this. But he said it's right, and it makes sense. It's right. Okay, I'll do it. And that's, I mean, I've contacted you. I hope to not contact anybody else because the pressure to be, I mean, nobody else is talking like this. You're not going to read it in a newspaper. You're not going to read it in a magazine. And if you go online, you're going to hear all kinds of really wooey or off the wall stuff. And I know it's more than that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I can do this very often because this actually is painful for me. Um, because of the concern that I'm missing something that I could be sharing and I'm not. And I'm affecting people's lives without wanting to because, you know, it's really me. Maybe, you know, other, I don't know, maybe I, but anyway, so <laughs> I just put that in there so that you guys can understand where I'm coming from and that if you see me on another, I hope that this is enough to be it, where I can just send people to this podcast, okay? Because learning about Ormus, it isn't like you have to keep going to school. It's like, if you're going to learn about blue jeans and you start learning about the cottons of twills and this and that, after 20 hours of learning about blue jeans, you don't have to go back to any studying about blue jean. That's the way I look at Ormus and the minerals in it and the M state. You learn it. You know it. 
you move forward in your life, either it interests you or not. You bring it in your, your life, either you buy it or you learn to make it. If you learn to make it, then you're in a position to teach others to make it, in which case it can grassroot grow. Very important. And you move on. You don't have to keep coming back. That's my opinion. You get it all. This is almost like enormous academy right here. Okay. <laughs> so now you got you in the train or I don't. If I don't have you in the train, thank you for your time. Whenever you decided to exit on this little visit together. <laughs> and I just hope you have a great life. And if you're on the train, then you're going to move forward with the prey, which is just saying, hey, I really want to learn more of this stuff in a way that I can enjoy. And so I'm going to start reading. Read, 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 read again, labor and discover. Because bottom line is that all the stuff I've given you is head knowledge. Okay. But guess what? Because I labored, I saw the sparkling in that precipitate as it was forming. And I saw the levitation occur. I saw the pH plateau, which we didn't get into. There's an anomalous pH plateau when you're doing the process that shouldn't happen. The pH rises as you're adding the basic material called an alkaline into the seawater. And you would expect it to rise because you're adding a basic material. It gets to a point, though, it no longer rises. You add the basic material and it just plateaus. It stays flat, the pH, until you've added enough alkaline that it breaks free of the plateau and then it continues to rise. That's not traditional chemistry. You know, if you add food coloring to water and you keep adding food coloring, the water gets deeper and deeper and deeper. It doesn't have a plateau. Okay, I'm using that as an example so that I can hopefully get to that next onion layer. Oh my God, there's a plateau. There's also a plateau when you're doing the process on the materials that are dry, the ones I mentioned, like the ash and the volcanic ash. And you can dry out biologicals. You can dry out a carrot and do a process on it. There's a pH plateau there. So that was important to like, like I didn't want to get into processes because you really need to visually see it or you have to work with a mentor in person. The book helps because I act like a mentor. Okay. In the book, you'll notice on every process, there's bold, like add one cup of sea salt to one gallon of distilled water. Okay, now that's bold. That's like I'm there with you. But then underneath it is not bold. It is to why we're doing it. So I tried to act as your mentor and as the chemist telling you what to do. And so off you go. If you're on the train, we're going to go down the train tracks. Ormus Academy, 25 to 28 learning modules. Go to the website. EmmonsEssentialEssence.com or don't remember that. Just remember Ormus Academy. It actually comes up on Google and it'll take you to the website. It's on the left side, Ormus Academy. And when you're there, I'm going to suggest something I've never suggested before. I don't know why, 
conscious awareness wasn't aware. When you start reading, when you hit things that interest you, copy them and paste them onto your own document and make your own file, okay? Make your own file, Ormus Academy, and then divide it the way you like, health, food, benefits, whatever, and make different folders so that you can carry that with you because honest to God, it is an academy, okay? We wrote it in simple language, but it is not elevator speech. And we did that for you who are Ormus seekers. Then there's the Facebook page, Ormus, a page for beginners. Request joining that because, see, other, other people are asking questions that maybe you haven't thought of, and it'll open up doors into you. And then I answer, and so do others. If others answer, like, in a venue that's totally, like, no, nah, there's a little inaccuracy there, I'll answer that. It's a way to be a learning module in its own ability as a Facebook page. And so join that. And then if somebody asks a question that requires, like, this is going to be big, I'll do the best I can there. And then I'll turn around as I am with do. I'm working on an article about do. And I did mention alchemists were never without do. Do contains the above energies, the M3 in them. So I'll turn around, I'll, I'll extrapolate that and make that um, article. Usually they're so meaty. The question was originally asked by a seeker, obviously it was a good question, that'll end up being in the academy, as do probably will. But first it will go into what you can subscribe to, the Chris Emmons Ormus News Newsletter. And you can subscribe to that at the website. And I put all the back issues on a Facebook page, okay? So you can go to the Facebook page of the same name, Chris Emmons Ormus News Newsletter, and read back issues. You have to wade through, yeah, there's some advertising for stuff. But I'm uncomfortable with that. But I guess it has to be there. I mean, because I offer the Ormus and people have to know about it and why it's good and why I bury it and, you know, all that stuff. There's the Ormus Modern Day Alchemy book. You can get that at the website or you can get that at Amazon. And if you get it at Amazon, it's in Kindle. I don't like Kindle. Personally, I believe that the controllers behind everything are doing their best to get away to really push all the electronic formats mm -hmm. because at some point any electronic format can be gone and just not exist. Okay. After yay many years, people won't even know it ever existed. Um, so, you know, I like that book in a solid form and it's going to give you step-by-step step the 13 ways to collect Ormus. It's also going to tell you some stuff about Ormus and Ormus history, how I was affected by Ormus, and lots of appendices on the back about the moon, collecting from the seawater, suggested books to read. So that's a very, very good resource. As I said, they were right, okay? That DIY Ormus collection kit is everything in there. And another thing I'll teach you, because Greg doesn't seem to mind, that one of the best 
former source materials for the wet process, is a living sea. There's something about seawater itself that's collected that will always give you ormus and always give you a lot of ormus. They don't know what it is, but it's there. So I have in that kit, and what I use in my ormus is a live sea, properly collected, properly prepared, so that you're not only going to get ormus, you're going to get some, going all the way back to the days of David Hudson. He recommended, he made three recommendations for sources, and this was one of them. And it's the Great Salt Lake Concentrate. It's concentrated 16 to 1. So it has the waters of the Great Salt Lake as well as the minerals. So when you'll be using it, you'll be diluting it 16 to 1. All the directions are there. But I want you to be excited because you're going to have a live sea. Okay, that's a rarity to begin with. And it's a rarity for me to even be able to share to you. Most people don't realize why is a live sea better? Let me try to remember the numbers. There was an experiment done on seawater, and they found that seawater, the water, not the minerals, is different than fresh water. This got to be from my memory. The seawater is composed of molecules of water that are in clumps. And that's the way we normally think of water, 75 to 80%. But then they found that about 20% is seawater in a singlet form, just one molecule of water. And they found that this water, because it was just one molecule, allowed the top of the sea to be able to undulate with the waves and the wind, okay, to stretch, in other words, and return, kind of like rubber, okay, instead of actually making cracks, like if you crack a hard-boiled egg, the inside, well, take the shell, you crack the shell and you've made a chism. And then the third part of the seawater, which they said was about 6% of those singlets is this special kind of a water that surrounds an ion of mineral in the sea. So it is surrounded with water, and hence it is not available to form with anything else and fall to the bottom as a sediment. And they clearly said that it is this third type of water that nobody ever knew existed, that is an amazing property of seawater. And so somewhere in there, I think, if we think we're going to find a reason why seawater is, is, is different, important, than just disti adding distilled water to your sea salt. And if you can get a living sea, that's great. Now, that being said, I'm not telling you to go to the seashore because that's polluted with organics. In order to get a living sea, you got to go out where the water's deep and you got to have your pump and you got to have your filter, usually an under the kitchen filter, and your hose 
the first part of the hose has to be the kind of hose that doesn't collapse under pressure because you're going to be bringing water up from the down below to up. Mm-hmm. And and you got I bought that at the marine store. And then you got to send that hose down more than 25 feet. We feel that the top 25 feet contain the most pollutions. Myself, when I did this, I went down 50 feet, okay, just because you know me by now, and so does Ralph. And then you want to be 35 feet up from the bottom. You don't want any of those sediments or stuff that's on bottom, and you start sucking in your seawater, okay? And then you have to boil your seawater because it does contain living organic material. So there you go. These are little important pieces if you're a seeker, but remember, you're only here at this point if you're a seeker. The other ones got off of the train. (laughs) It's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Yes. And then I have two YouTube channels, and there are videos on there on the FACEX YouTube channel, F-A-C-E-I-C-S, FACEX video. You'll see lots of aura pictures that were also used in the Ormus Academy, the article, wherever you see Aura, okay? But I grabbed those pictures after putting them on the YouTube. The neat thing, if you go on the YouTube, see, I did that so that you would know that I don't lie, okay? And on the video, you're going to see the Aura picture before and after, and you're going to hear the lady who'd been doing it for 15 years at that time interpret the aura picture. And she's very hard to hear because it wasn't a nice setup like this, okay? It was just a little tape recorder. So I wore headphones, spent a lot of time transposing what she said by rewinding, rewinding, rewinding. And and then I put that in the Ormus uh, Ormus Academy articles that say Ormus. So you can actually read. But I didn't want anybody to think that I was fooling, that it really came from her. So those are on the FASIX YouTube. The FASIX YouTube, you will be interested to know, that's where I show you the process. It's a four-part series, and it starts with the word discovery, part one, Mm -hmm. part two, part three, part four. And I also show you how to do the live oil, and that one starts with the word basics. And yes, I offer Ormus. And yes, it is excellent because, not because I said it was excellent, like, you know, you're always here, um, because it's made from a live sea, Great Salt Lake, because it's buried underneath the ground for 30 days, because I've seen these things like levitation in it, I've seen amazing things. And I do as many adjuncts as I've been educated. It's uh, submerged in frequencies of 528 that come out of a Mobius coil. I have a Mobius coil with a transducer in it. A transducer is just something that changes a frequency from one type to another. So the frequency comes up as impulses from the CD and then comes and goes through the copper Mobius coil and out in the air. So, yes. Now, as a pharmacist, see, I'm trying to think, how can I help people? And you can take your Ormus that you collect from any process, but I'm going to say the wet process because it's the most common for us, creates a great product, and we can all do it easily. 
And so I take the Ormus and I dry it to paste. And that's something that you can do also. Um, but I do it because I want to make people aware of that. So soon I will offer dried to paste Ormus in little one ounce cups, as I then have the ability to say, you can dry yours to Ormus paste too. And you can add it to body lotions that you like, or you can add it to salt scrubs that you like. Some people will take the precipitate that paste and they'll put it on their face after they wash their face. This is a man, so it's after he's shaved. And then they will put um, their shave oil on top of it and then they'll shave. So the idea is that how can we move the interest on this forward? And then if you make soap, you can add the Ormus paste to your soap recipe. So life's good. I'm a pharmacist, compounding from those days. So yeah, I start compounding. So yeah, you'll be able to find Ormus soap there that I have made. And then when this paste comes out or when you dry your own to paste, you've added to your soap. I make an emulsified salt scrub. I didn't know this until I was in, you might not, I didn't, I thought I knew a lot of stuff. When you get a salt scrub, most salt scrubs are sea salt and oil. And and that's a, that's a salt scrub. And they feel good, but then trying to wash your hands of the oil, for me, it's it feels good while I'm doing it. And then I have to use a whole bunch of soap to break through that oil. But it takes more steps, but you can make an emulsified salt scrub, which means that your salt scrub is the sea salt, it is the oil, and it is a soap all at once. They're the best ones. You just mm. wet your body, and then you put some of this on, and you start scrubbing, and what's in it becomes a soap. The water that you left on your body thins it more, and when it washes off of you, because it's a soap, it doesn't leave as much of the oily film on the bottom. Like a traditional salt scrub, you better have something to hold on to when you get out of the tub because there's a slick oil film. Is that cool? And then <laughs> I worked on a process where I added, I made a body lotion. Really good. I mean, I'm Italian. I don't really need body lotion. But when I do put this body lotion on, it's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It feels great. And I add Ormus. The idea being that, you know, if I put it up there, I got this body lotion, and if you get an ounce of this, then you can add, I put this many grams per that much, and you can add it to your own body lotion. It's all about moving people forward in their own life, although in order to do it, I'm right, they're right, I needed to offer something. But others who find what I'm doing a challenge because if you know to make Ormus, then you're not going to be a consumer for them. Mm -hmm. And and if you know about the processes and you start asking them questions because you've learned, you're going to point out, you're going to force them to answer things that maybe they don't want to. A big one is so many producers say Ormus gold and they're collecting it from seawater. Because seawater has every element. So are they lying or are they not? Okay? <laughs> right, right. And you wouldn't even think to ask that. 
if somebody didn't tell you. And with Christine, with her platform, she's out there. So <laughs> there are people who are vociferous. She's just doing that so she can sell stuff. No, uh-uh. You guys are really lucky. You really are. I'm going to tell you why. Is that I heard about Ormus. At, I was diminished. I had my own health challenge. That surgery went really bad. I was laid out for for months. And so I happened to hear about Ormus from Barry Carter in 04 when he spoke on the Coast to Coast. And it made sense to me. As a pharmacist, it was like, I got to know more. Now, the reason that you're lucky is because, one, the first thing I did was have people to my house because I'm a sharer, okay? Want help. But two... I'm a pharmacist and I had no children. So I didn't have children that I had to pick up from school or do all the plethora things you got to do with children. I had time. And I'm a pharmacist. I had a few extra bucks. That book, to make that book at that time was $22,000. Man. It was like, I said I'd make that book and I'm making the book. That's it. <laughs> well, it is excellent. It is a, a master class in itself with 13 different processes. The website, of course, goes even deeper. The products are intriguing. People should get a learning kit just to, you know, get this info and mix it themselves. But yes, you've, you've really given people all the education and tools they could possibly need. And you've given the platform, Greg. Huh. So you are part of a, of, of assisting the world to be a better place. Mm. Well, I'm definitely thank happy you. to do it. And thank you. I'm so glad we could do this. I really appreciate uh, everything. And it's just been great. Thanks for reaching out. I'm glad I responded. And uh, this has been one of my favorite ones in a while. So EmmonsEssentialEssence.com is the website. I'm sure people will check it out. I'm sure you'll get a, a lot more attention on it. And... I guess we'll call it in, but keep doing what you do and take care, Chris. Thank you, Greg. And everybody, enjoy every moment. Enjoy it all. Yes. Cheers. Yes, people. There we have it. Chris Emmons. Bring in the heat. It's 2020. Don't be scared. Be prepared. Replenish your depleted body. Hallelujah. This is one of those lucky shows that came to me. I don't know if I would have found Chris on my own, but I've wanted a deeper dive into Ormus for a couple of years now, but without Don Nance, I didn't really know where to go. So this was a serious treat, and I'm glad it actually comes at a time when people are trying to get into optimum states of health. To me, it makes a lot of sense. The spirit in our food and water and life, really, is all depleted. And if we do a little personal investigating, we can not only increase our intake of Ormus, but we can also validate the alchemical ways to ourselves. And that's a Rubicon I am happy to cross. It really is just taking what we already know to be true about the state of the world and everything and adding spirit back into it. I don't know if I would have found that as interesting five years ago as I find it today. But everything about Chris makes me think she's in it for the right reasons truly just wants to educate people and spread the word, and that regular ingestion of Ormus is something I really want to try. 
I know we got a bit detailed there at the end when it comes to the offerings in the store, and that's good because that context might help people decide what they're interested in. And I appreciate a person who doesn't really care how long we go. Either we're on the train or we're not, right? And it's probably exciting for her to feel as if a wider audience is finally interested in this niche thing that she's put so much of her life into. So let her have it. But I hope you're all finding some sort of happy place. Obviously, election week is here, and it is really not as crazy as it was forecasted to be. Surprise, surprise. The news is always amping up everything they can. Of course, if you're following any of the news streams, you can see how easy it is for a person to see exactly the reality they want to see. Both sides were already pre-programmed to expect to see the other side stealing the election. So depending on who you talk to, that is exactly what they've seen. But it's still been a bit tame, thankfully, when it comes to the state of things and the level of chaos that some were talking about there being out there. We know that can change, but as expected, the election itself is a big mess, everything is very vague, and there really was no reason to set up an election show. So the big circus is doing its own thing, and we're talking about M-State matter and superfluidity. <laughs> The advice has always been to focus on what you can control and limit how much energy you give to the other stuff, so nothing has changed. And Chris is a great guest to have when you're trying to be above it all, right? You think she cares about the big circus? We got Ormus over here! So this episode makes a nice compliment to Phoenix Aurelius and the general THC alchemical interview library we got going on, so I'm glad she got in touch with me. In higher side news, we had another joint session show last week, and we debuted another parody song that Lauren Silva helped me out with. Check out her music if you appreciate what she does for us here. She is super talented, no doubt, and this was a fun cover to do. Always loved the song, never really heard it with a female voice, and the lyrics are applicable to end a couple different types of THC episodes, and this one falls in that category, I would say. If you liked hearing Chris on the show today, do check out her store at EmmonsEssentialEssence.com. She was also kind enough to put together some resources for show notes, which I'll also include with this episode for you to read through. This is the real deal, folks. Nobody's trying to be vague and mysterious. They're just trying to give you the keys to the castle. Of course, if you only heard the first half, sign up for Plus already and get the second half of today's show and every show. Today we got into the translocation abilities of Ormus, how it penetrates barriers. Very strange. Talked about Don Nance, Dragon's Blood, and working with M-State Metals, Ormus in the Garden, Nutrients that Benefit ATP, the Magnet Vortex Water Trap, and indications that ancient cultures had discovered these materials a long time ago. So a lot of logs added to the Ormus fire. Let's keep it burning bright. Big thanks to Chris, not only for all of her work, but for spending that extra 40 or so minutes with me. Our cup runneth over, people. And if you get some time, just put Don Nance into YouTube and watch some of his stuff too. Don Nance Dragon's Blood is probably the most provocative clip to me. It's like five minutes. In the Plus Show, it was nice to be able to get some of Don's story from someone who knows him personally, 
As Chris mentioned, sadly, it seems like his hearing is going in his old age, which makes an interview like this one very difficult. I definitely get that. But even if we can't interview someone directly, we should still highlight their contributions as an alchemist who has reached that final form as someone who works with metals. Not easy to do, they say, and a fascinating guy. But that said, take care of you and yours. Take a few steps down the Ormus path and see what happens. Chris is a great teacher, and it is her passion in life. So help her help you. I'm getting out of here. Your move, alchemical teachers and Ormus seekers. Your of corporate junk process stuff that makes you fat yeah it's a weak and sickly people making industry don't Technology, and every now and then I try to quit.